and welcome to the Playbook Strategies uh, YouTube feed. My name is Martin Williams, and uh, I wanted to start doing a a weekly, um, you know, kind of like a weekly training where, forgive me for looking away, <laughs> I was uh, multitasking. Um, I wanted to do a weekly training um, based on some things that I've learned in my sports psychology journey. And, uh, you know, for those that are unaware of exactly what I'm doing, uh, my whole, you know, mission, my work is to help people employ sports psychology principles, but in the real world, okay? Because uh, the vast majority of people are not athletes, not professional athletes. Uh, and even people that are professional athletes or maybe uh, been athletes at the collegiate level, um, you know, maybe been athletes uh, in the Olympics, which is even a smaller group of people, um, eventually you become a non-athlete. You become someone who is just in the regular world doing regular things. Um, when I say regular, you know, just everyday things, right? But I like to term it as life athletes. Um, you know, whether you're a bus driver, whether you work at the supermarket, whether you work in an office, whether you work um, in construction, uh, wherever you find yourself, whatever your vocation is, you are an, an athlete of life. And knowing that, you know, you can employ these sports psychology principles in your everyday life and have success as I have. Um, certainly not where I want to be ultimately, but, you know, I have come a long way from where I started. So what I wanted to talk about today, as I said uh, at the outset, is why are athletes so cold-blooded? Uh, why are they emotionless? Why, why do athletes seem, seemingly have this, this attitude of, I don't care, Right? And where I got this from is from a book called Relentless. It was written by uh, Tim Grover. And uh, Tim Grover is a, um, a, a trainer. He's still a trainer. Um, he was uh, and still is a physical um, trainer, um, personal trainer uh, to high-level athletes. And he has uh, since branched off into uh, mental skills training, um, training athletes and non-athletes alike in his philosophy of relentless, uh, being relentless, and, and he got, a lot of that was honed, uh, not only through his own life, but also working with Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant, um, uh, and Dwayne Wade, among other, many other athletes. To be relentless, you know, basically requires a level of emotionlessness, right? It requires you to not be tied up in your emotions. Right, because your emotions can can weigh you down. You know, your emotions can slow you down. Your emotions can distract you. They can lead you to making the wrong decisions in life. And it's a trait that you notice the the top level athletes when they're in pressure situations, when they're in situations where you know everything is riding on them, and you know the hopes of a city, the hopes of a franchise. Uh, you know, they, they need to make the winning shot. They need to make the winning, you know, touchdown or throw or base hit or what have you. You know, they're able to 
shut out that emotion and just do their job. It doesn't mean that they're emotionless in every area of their life, but when it comes to their performance, they know that they can't really act, they can't perform from emotion, okay? And that's very important. You know, when you have different areas, you know, what I've done is that I've identified different areas in which a life athlete wants to uh, excel in. So, you know, you have you have work slash business, you have your relationships, you have your health, you have your spirituality, your finances, personal development, uh, lifestyle, right? And uh, these areas are, they're all important in their own way, right? Your lifestyle is important because you can't work all the time. You know, you get to a point where, you know, if you're working all the time, you know, you're out of balance. And I've noticed that, you know, even in my own life, I have a very demanding day job. And there's times when that job requires more than what eight hours can can do. But in the midst of that, you've got to, again, you got to put your emotions to the side and get the job done. Because a lot of times, you know, it doesn't make me feel good that I got to work more than eight hours to get something done because it takes away from my family, it takes away from my personal time, it takes away from, you know, any time that I want to, you know, use in my, to grow my spirituality, my relationship with God. It takes away from all that. It, it can be detrimental to my health. All these different things, you know, because I'm out of balance with work. And so a lot of people are, are like that, right? But athletes are emotionless because their emotions, if, if you allow your emotions to take over, it's going to affect your performance. And your performance determines everything. Your, your performance determines your rewards. It determines your impact, your influence. Okay? If you're the 14th best player on a 15-person basketball team, most people don't even know your name. And you may be making more money than the average person, but if you want to make, you know, max deal, if you want to be paid like a LeBron or, you know, a Kevin Durant or somebody like that, then your performance has to elevate. So anything that affects your performance is like the, you know, it's like an enemy. It's like a sworn enemy. And it's something that you have to fight against. The greatest opponent is our inner opponent. It's within us. You know, your greatest opponent is between the ears. Okay? Because we're not, we are, most people were not trained to be high performers. They, we weren't trained that way. Okay? Most people were trained to survive. Okay? Survival is the name of the game. It's not high performance. Even though, you know, high performance is rewarded at every, uh, excuse me, in every level of life, right? An A student, you know, gets opportunities that the C student doesn't. The high performer at work gets perks and rewards that the low performer doesn't. So high performance is not something that's never been rewarded. It all, always gets rewarded. It just gets, you know, sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes there's people who are high performers, but they don't get rewarded at the job they're at currently 
because, you know, they, they work for a jerk of a boss or, you know, they work for a company that, you know, maybe can't afford to reward them the way that they deserve. But eventually that person will end up with where they are re rewarded for the performance that they provide. <clears throat> okay. So high performance is always rewarded eventually. The problem with a lot of people is that they allow things to distract them and pulled away from high performance, right? And at the top of that list is emotion, high emotion. Have you ever been, you know, have you ever been upset with someone at work, a coworker, and you wanna like strangle them? Not saying that I would ever do that. Have you ever just been so upset with someone that you just wanna like, you know, and, and you know on a conscious level and on even a deeper level, you know it's not right, but those emotions, what do they do? They distract you, okay? And you can go through the trouble of making a game plan. You can go through the trouble of making a script for today. You can go through the trouble of scheduling out your day to the T. You can go through all that, but emotions will wreck all of those things if you don't control them, right? So uh, one particular example was that, you know, someone today um, complained that I hadn't called them in a while. And, you know, at first, you know, I said, you know, I got defensive and I said, you know, I'm not exactly, I didn't say it in as many words, but and I say, you know, I'm not exactly not dealing with anything over here. And, you know, I don't expect anyone to fix my problems. I don't expect anyone to fix anything in my life. You know, whatever needs to be fixed is, you know, between me and God. But, you know, this person, you know, kind of laid the guilt trip on me a little bit. And I know that they care about me and I know that they love me and whatnot. But in the moment, I felt a little annoyed. And I allowed it to, you know, basically skew how I was feeling today because, you know, today, you know, today is Labor Day. Um, today is a day of rest because, you know, tomorrow I'm right back to work as are most people. Um, and today I just wanted it to be a low key day, but, you know, this person felt the need to, you know, lay a guilt trip. And... I can, I can deal with it different ways, but what I decided to do was I, I decided to say, you know what, I can call more often, right? And it's not that they guilted me into doing it. It's because in my, in my life, I'm chasing a standard in every area of my life. I'm chasing a standard and in certain areas, I'm closer to it than others. Right? But in every area, I'm chasing a standard. And I know that if I chase the standard, I know that eventually I'll get the things that I, that I deem to represent success. Right? So part of the standard is to have my relationships in, in good order, in good shape. You know, whether it's friendships, family members, so on. And... You know, I said, 
you know what? I can do better with that. So you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to call more, right? Because I'm chasing a standard, but I want you to see what else I did. I took the emotion out of it, right? The annoyance, I put it to the side and I approached it from a non-emotional place. Now, of the seven spheres of life, relationships are the most emotional, um, or excuse me, they're the most prone to emotion, right? Nothing will become more affected by emotions than your relationships. It's just, it's a no-brainer. You know, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's friendships, whether it's family members, right? It's all going to be connected to emotion in one way or another. But still, you can approach it from a non-emotional perspective in that this is something that I need. Like relationships are the glue that holds everything else together, right? And if you don't value relationships, you can have the financial success, you can have the health, you can have all these different things, but if you're by yourself, then how much value do does all those other things have, right? And I'm not saying you gotta make every relationship work because that's impossible because it's two different people. It's multiple people, it's not just up to you. But, you know, it's making a decision that I'm gonna do everything I can to make it work from my end, right? And I've certainly fallen short in many cases in doing that. But again, I'm going, I'm chasing a standard here. I'm chasing like the highest level in every area of my life. So that's a that's a step in the right direction. That's a step to where I want to go. So I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to call more. But I took the emotion out of it, is my point. Okay? A lot of people view high performers as being cold-blooded, whether it's a Michael, whether it's a Kobe, you know, whether it's, um, you know, any, any high performing athlete you can think of, there's a level of emotionless energy around them. And because, you know, because of that, they, they have this, you know, they have this reputation or people, you know, I think construct this image that this is just a guy that doesn't care. This is a woman that doesn't care. When in actuality, that's what makes them great. Because imagine if you're a golfer and you allowed every single emotion to take you up and down, you'll never be able to hit a shot. You'll never be able to make a putt. You'll never be able to hit a drive right. Imagine if you're a basketball player and you listen to every, every person heckling in your ear, right? You would never be able to, to hit a shot or make a play because you're allowing them, you're allowing your emotions to get caught up. And what people are saying with nine times out of 10, they're doing that to get you out of your game. Okay. You got to understand the purpose of it. Half the time, they don't even mean that stuff. But even if they did, what does that have to do with your performance? Because your performance, again, determines your rewards. Okay. I can't allow my emotions to get the best of me when I go back to work tomorrow because my performance determines my rewards. My performance determines whether I hold on to that job or not. I can't allow my emotions to determine how I deal with clients. 
because my performance determines whether I keep that client or not. You understand? So I've gotta I gotta stay locked in to what I'm doing, what my job is. I gotta stay locked into whatever I'm doing, even if it's not work related. Okay? I can't allow my emotions to mess up my workout tomorrow. It's gonna happen late because I got other things to do. But I can't allow my emotions to mess up my workout because my workout determines my health. I can't let it mess up my eating habits. How many people allow their emotions to determine their eating habits? Okay, and instead of eating a salad, you're eating half a gallon of ice cream. Well, you know you're not supposed to be eating that. You know, you're eating all kinds of like fatty food and whatnot when you know you're not supposed to be eating that, but you're allowing your emotion to get the best of you. You know, you're drinking, you know, alcohol when you say you were going to quit or you say you're going to cut back, you know, big time, right? You can't let your emotions get in the way of the goal, okay? And the goal is the standard, okay? The goal is the standard. When I reach the standard, everything else falls in line. The money, the influence, the type of job that I want, type of work I want to do, you know, the relationships I want, they all come with the standard, okay? So instead of chasing all these different goals, because really what those goals are are milestones, right? And it's not that you can't have financial goals or weight goals and all this other stuff, but if you chase the standard, then you get all that stuff. What happens to a lot of people is that, you know, they're chasing other things and they get some things, but they don't get everything. What you really want is the standard, right? You want it all and you should have it all, right? But that's how you get it. You get it by chasing a standard in every area of your life, okay? So that was what I wanted to talk about. You know, someone calls you emotionless or they say, oh, you don't care. You know, you're, you know, you're wrapped up in yourself. They call you self, you know, self-absorbed or what have you. Just shrug it off. <laughs> okay. Because deep down, most people do care. But you understand what you need to do, who you need to be in order to have the life that you want. A life that no one else is going to give you. It's a life that only you can create for yourself. No one can create that life for you. You got to create it yourself. You have the responsibility the right and the responsibility to create it for yourself. No one's going to do it for you, okay? So don't apologize for being who you are, okay? So, you know, this week, you know, reminder, and this is the first time, so it's not really a reminder. It's really more of a, like an introductory type of thing. Maybe next week I'll, I'll go more into depth about the things that you should be doing going into a week. So the first thing you want to do is you want to um, construct a game plan. And you know maybe next week I'll do that. I'll show you how to do a game plan, right? You want to construct a game plan. And, and every game plan should basically have three elements to it, okay? What are the known things that I know that I need to do or things that I know that I'll have to deal with this week, okay? So you don't want to put your head in the sand, 
as it pertains to these things. Like you want to be, you want to go into the week eyes wide open as to what you're going to need to do this week to make it successful. So what are the known things that I need to face? Now, for most people, those things are going to be work-related things or business-related things, right? But there may be some, you know, relationship things. There may be a talk that you need to have with your spouse that you've been putting off. Or talk you maybe you need to have with your kids that, you, that you've been putting off. Um, you know, there may be a financial thing that you need to address that you've been not addressing, right? So what are those known things? And what you need to do is you need to write, write those things down. You need to make a decision that you're going to deal with it this week. You need to schedule a time to deal with it. And then you need to make a brief plan on how you're going to deal with it. And what will happen is that as you make that plan, make that decision and then make that plan, your subconscious mind will start talking to you, right? And for those of you that are spiritually inclined, you pray about it and you know, you're going to hear from God and God will probably tell you, "Hey, you know, do it this way instead of this way." Right? But in doing that, you're actually going to do something about it instead of just burying it, which is what most people do. Okay? The second thing is, how do I prepare for the unknowns? Okay? So the unknowns are things that are, you know, things that you, you don't really see coming. That's why they're unknowns. But you still want to prepare for them. Right? Now... Because they're unknowns, there's only so much preparation that you can do. But what you may want to do in this particular case is instead of saying, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this, because you don't really know what's coming, it may be better to say that, you know, in the middle of the day, I'm going to basically do like a reset and do like an adjustment, almost like a halftime adjustment. And I'm going to adjust my plan to allow for this this unknown thing that popped up, right? But I also had the confidence and you put this in your plan, I'm confident that I will be able to deal with the unknowns easily and successfully, right? You want to put that in there so that you prepare your mind to deal with whatever may be coming, but to deal with it in a way that's successful and that you're not scrambling. Does that make sense? And then the third thing that you want to do is you want to write out what is my action plan for the knowns and the unknowns and write that out in as much detail as possible. Now, this weekly plan, I wouldn't spend more than an hour on it and you can do it on Sundays or the day before you go back to work. Saturday's fine too, but typically you want to do it on a day that you don't work because on a work day, you know, you may have to do some retooling of the plan, so you don't want to make that too much of an arduous thing. You basically want to try, <coughs> excuse me, you want to try to get that done on the weekend where you have more time, okay? So you make that game plan and then instill that. And then when you wake up in the morning and you're going through like your daily routine or your daily practice, go over that plan briefly. And that will, you know, jog your memory, remind you to do certain things. 
And almost always, because it always happens with me, almost always I remember something. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to email this person, right? So, you know, really start working on that. And like I said, you know, make your best pass at it. But next week I'm going to go into detail on how to do a plan. I'll probably do some screen sharing and then, you know, you can really see like what I do to make, you know, my plan something that I can follow throughout the week. So thanks for giving me your time today uh, and listening to what I had to say. My name is Martin Williams. Hope you have a great week. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, subscribe on YouTube, and I will talk to you soon.